the Rangers head into Baltimore and take two out of three from one of the best teams in the American League on today's show. I cross over with Connor Newcomb of Locked On Orioles talk about are these two teams contenders, which one needs more help at the trade deadline, and which players on each team impressed each other the most. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Bryce Patrick, host of the Locked On Rangers podcast. Joining me today is Connor Newcomb, host of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers and Locked On Orioles your first listen every single day. Before we get into today's show, this episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. A championship team is all about each player being a perfect fit. The same is with your vehicle. So for the parts that fit, head to eBay Motors and look for the green check. Stay in the game with eBay Guaranteed Fit ebaymotors.com let's write ebay guaranteed rate fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions apply now this was a very fun weekend series a little bit more fun for texas rangers fans than for baltimore orioles fans the rangers took two out of three and a thrilling conclusion to this game on this series on sunday a three to two win for the baltimore orioles really close game that uh you know with the state of these two bullpens always seem to be favoring the Baltimore Orioles, two of the best relievers in the game pitched in this one. Rangers did their best to, to hang on against Yenard Cano and actually did get a run off of Cano, but Felix Bautista comes in and closes out. The Rangers are not able to pull off a sweep. Connor, this was a fun series. What are your just initial thoughts on on how this, this weekend series played out for your Orioles? Yeah, I think for on the O's side, it was a little bit humbling right? Because they played another one of the top five, at the very least top 10 teams in baseball. And they kind of got punched in the mouth on Friday and then got severely outpitched on Saturday. And it was nice to avoid a sweep. The Orioles have still not been swept this year. So that that was very close to happening on Sunday. But I will say like the Rangers are a different team from when the O's saw them in early April, when the O's took two of three in Texas. Like this is a different team, a different lineup. And I was saying on my preview, like the O's should be happy that they're avoiding Eovaldi. They're avoiding DeGrom, of course, because he's injured. And they ended up avoiding Dunning, who's been pitching so well. And they still only got one out of three. So I definitely think for me, this was the moment where I realized how good the Rangers are. And I think it wasn't like an ignorance thing. It was just thinking back to that last three-game series where I was like, you know what? The O's could have swept that series up there, and they had no chance of sweeping this one in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for Jacob DeGrom, who was on the Hill in this last the last time these two teams played, I mean, the Orioles would have swept them. I mean, the Orioles were a really, really good team. And I, I knew that I, I had belief in the O's from, from last year and uh, the – the travesty of that last series that the Rangers played in Baltimore, the three game sweep of all one run games that really the Rangers entire season fell apart right after that. Like just everything <laughs> went in the crapper. And this one, I thought, Oh, some one run games. Oh no, the Rangers have not been good in one run games. They have had great offense that will just take one inning and just blow it up. And then everything will be just fine. Cause the starters can cruise from there. You can pull, throw your bullpen guys in absolutely zero leverage situations. And, and that's what we saw on, on was it the Saturday or was it the Friday game where the Rangers dropped an eight spot in the fourth inning, including a grand slam from Corey Seager. Yeah. That Friday game. And, and, you know, it's a whole Orioles land thing about what happened to Grayson Rodriguez in that game, top pitching prospect in baseball. He gets sent down to triple a after that start. I mean, that's how bad things got. 
obviously that game doesn't get out of hand if Jorge Mateo just turns a double play the pitch before the grand slam. Instead, he boots it, gets zero outs, and the very next pitch, Corey Seager puts the game away. But I know we wanted to start here with, like, are they both contenders? And I think the best way to do it is just evaluating the other team. And I will start. I've done it a little bit. But the Rangers are contenders because I saw this team without Eovaldi, who's been amazing this year. And at some point, DeGrom's going to be back. I mean, you can't really count on him, but that's the thing that's really impressed me. They're not counting on DeGrom right now. They frankly don't have him, and they are a dangerous team. This lineup up and down is scary. And I think the number one thing, Bryce, that makes this lineup so scary is Seager and Lowe back-to-back. The fact that they both hit lefties better than righties. Because even when you have a team with two really good lefties back-to-back, you think, okay, if we have a really good lefty reliever, we can at least know that in the seventh or eighth inning, we can go get those guys and get through that inning. The fact that you have two power-hitting lefties that hit lefties well makes that lineup just frankly disgusting in a good way. And the fact that Josh Young is swinging the bat so well at you know basically hitting fifth or sixth for this team, and Jonah Heim's been so good down in the lineup, and I mean, yeah, like one of the reasons this weekend worked is that the guys at the bottom just crushed the Orioles as well. And not every week is Leo de Tavares or Sandy Leone going to get hits. But in general, this is a scary, scary lineup. The pitching is there. And the best thing about it for them being contenders, Bryce, what is the easiest thing to add to at the deadline? Relief pitching. What do they need? Relief pitching. But it's kind of the easiest thing to get to. Yeah. And, you know, the thing you said about the bottom of the lineup doing it, I, I knew that that would be your your comment. Like, oh, well, because I, I hate it when it's like, oh, the seven, eight, nine guys are destroying me. Well, the thing is, the Rangers seven, eight, and nine guys have been doing that all year. I mean, Leone Tavares is hitting over 300 with an OPS over 800. And normally the guy who's in the seven hole is Ezekiel Duran, who just got placed on the 10 day IL. Uh, he was doing fantastic because he was filling in for Seeger, who missed the better part of five weeks and the Rangers offense didn't skip a beat without Corey Seager, one of the best offensive players in all of baseball when he is at his peak. And so like the depth of this lineup is what I really can't get over. I mean, Grossman has been like fine, but like having him hitting eighth Jankowski, who's been really, really good. He just got off the IL. Um, but like the depth of this lineup as well. And, you know, I came into the series thinking, okay, the Orioles have a great lineup, a very deep lineup as well. I mean, not quite the bottom third as good, but the top six are all really, really solid, like a really, really deep lineup. And the the whole, you know, thing that everyone keeps saying about Baltimore is, I don't know about the starting pitching. I don't know if the starting pitch is good enough. Well, well Kyle Bradish in, in this Sunday game, he was fantastic. He was absolutely fantastic. I love what I saw from him. And I, I know that, that Grayson Rodriguez got lit up a little bit and, you know, that the Rangers literally have more big innings than everybody in all of baseball. That's why their offense is so good is because, you know, once things start getting rolling, when you have that deep of a lineup, even if you have a couple guys have bad at bats, it's just, they'll just pass the baton to someone lower on. But I mean, most of this starting staff was, was really impressive. I mean, Dean Kremer in, in the Saturday game was, was also really solid. So I'm starting to think this Baltimore team is, is not nearly as far away as everyone else thinks they are. And, and Kyle Gibson is a guy who I absolutely loved. He was an all-star when he was in Texas, the Rangers traded him away, didn't do nearly as well in Philadelphia, but we saw what kind of a run he can get on. He, earned that all-star appearance when he was with the Rangers. And he was a guy that was absolutely beloved in the room, just like the, uh, who am I thinking of? Jordan Lyles. I mean, I mean, the Texas to Baltimore pipeline is solid. Stay strong. It's going. It will never stop. It will absolutely never stop. So I was happy to see um, Kyle Gibson land there on his feet and and be the, the new papa to this rotation like Jordan Lyles was last year, but a little bit more effective than Jordan Lyles. 
yeah, and the O's will probably still need a little more starting pitching, and especially with Grayson down in AAA, you got to replace him for a little while in that in that rotation, and starting pitching a little harder to get at the deadline than the bullpen is. Luckily, the O's bullpen has been kind of their saving grace this year, and it also wasn't a very good performance by the Orioles' offense. I mean, they scored eight runs in three games. That's you know you're lucky against this Rangers' offense to get one game. You know, if you get eight total runs, the Rangers had an eight run inning in this series and the Orioles had eight runs in the entire three games. That kind of puts into perspective what happened in Baltimore this weekend. But I think we kind of agree, like if this were a playoff matchup, would we be so surprised? I, I don't think I would be. Not at all. I think both of these teams are, you know, if not, they're not locks for the playoffs by any means. I mean, anything can happen. We're still uh, Memorial Day as this is coming out, which is kind of the benchmark of everyone saying, OK, all right, now this is real. And, you know, the Orioles have the second best record in the American League. The Rangers have the third best record in the American League. They still have a two game lead on the Astros who have been hot on their tails and have basically gained absolutely no ground because the Rangers have just been that good in the month of May. Everyone keeps saying, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Well, it hasn't yet. And the Rangers keep on trucking. And this was a huge, huge series. And man, if, if this gets to be a playoff series, the Rangers have to go toe to toe against the Baltimore Orioles pen. They're playing a bunch of close games in October. I'm going to be an absolute nervous wreck if this bullpen is still in the same shape, if both these bullpens are still in the same shape that they are today. Yeah, that 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 is the the one thing about about this team, this Rangers team, I mean, even some of the guys who had success this weekend, you know, coming in with the ERAs they had and, and bullpen ERA is a great indicator of how guys are performing. And I know they have some good stuff. They got a lot of guys that throw in the upper 90s. But, you know, I, I'm even looking at just, you know, Cole Reagans on Sunday and I'm like, I see why the Rangers like him. Like, I see the stuff. It's there. But when he came out for that second inning. I'm like, are you guys sure? Are, are you sure? And then Barlow comes in, and I know he's been good in the past, but he blew some games against the Orioles last year. And I, I think he spent some time in AAA this year. He's been injured. He started off, he started off in AAA. He didn't have his velocity. Then he finally got it back, and he's still not yeah, that so, effective. The Rangers are just trying anything at this point. Yeah, I'm like, are you sure? And I know it's basically like a struggle to get it to Will Smith because he's been good this year. And, and even the Orioles hit him on Saturday. I mean, they, they were able to come back against Smith a little bit in that ninth inning on Saturday. So... And that kind of does, Bryce, I guess, bring us to the next thing we wanted to talk about is like who needs more at the trade deadline? Because the, the teams are good, but they both have holes. And so we'll get to that in just a second. But first, let's talk about Built Bar. I mean, everybody listened to Locked on Orioles and Locked on Rangers. They know Built Bar. I mean, you got to well, know. know. They know Built Bar. I actually just got myself a new shipment of Built Bar. So I am... I am uh, good on my supply. Uh, I got the peanut butter brownie and the uh, caramel. Um, just, mm, just absolutely fantastic, yeah. man. Peanut butter brownie is the number one flavor. But if you don't know what we're talking about, you're going to in a second. Built Bar is the protein bar that finally figured it out. All these protein bars, you know, yeah, they've got the good stuff for you, but they do not taste good. That is not the case with a Built Bar. This is the best tasting protein bar out there. They finally got a protein bar to taste like a candy bar. Bryce mentioned all those great flavors. It tastes good. You want to eat them, but they've still only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, 17 grams of protein in every bar. It's still a healthy protein bar, but it tastes great. And, you know, I bet Bryce is getting them from built.com. That's still the best place to go and get all your favorite flavors. But now, finally, you could walk into a store, whether it be Walmart, whether it be Sam's Club, 
and you can walk out with the Built Bars in your hand. You can feel the Built Bars. You can get into your car. You can immediately open a Built Bar and eat one. You can, the moment you walk out of the store, walk out of Sam's Club, you can sit right down on the sidewalk and you can eat a Built Bar. So now they're in your life even faster. So still go to Built.com to check them out. But again, Walmart and Sam's Club, that is your place for those Built Bars. Back to the O's and the Rangers. The parts of these teams, Bryce, that need built bars the most, I would say, need that pick-me-up. I would say the Rangers bullpen. I would say the Orioles starting pitching. You watched three games of the series. You've watched a lot of Rangers. You've now watched six games of the Orioles. I've watched more than that. Oh, there you go. Who who do you think needs that fill-in, whether it be starting pitching on the O's side, bullpen on the Rangers side, more to be a serious contender? Well... If the Orioles didn't just send down Grayson Rodriguez and I hadn't seen what he had done the last couple games, I would have I would have said the Rangers, but I think the O's need it just a little bit more. I mean, they have a lot of really good guys, and I think the thing that I love about the Rangers rotation this year the most is something they haven't had in a long time. Is just like everybody that they're throwing out there, they may not be, you know, doing Nathan Eovaldi things or Jacob DeGrom things, but like they're going to go out and they're going to keep you in every single game that you're in. And I think there's a lot of value in that. I think that's why the Orioles are going to be able to maintain this pace. But once you get into the playoffs, having that guy that you can throw out there game one against anybody, I mean, Wells seems like he's done a really good job this year. We saw how good Kyle Bradish can be, Dean, Dean Kremer. Like, I mean, a lot of these guys, the Rangers have seen how good Kyle Gibson can be. But just having one of those, you know, A1 ace guys, like you just kind of need one of those. I thought that Grayson Rodriguez might eventually develop into one. And I still think he could because his stuff is just I, like, I know he got shelved, but I'm still very impressed with him. Um, but I think for this season, the Orioles might need more help because the Rangers. They have guys back there who have done it before at the major league level. It's just everybody at the exact same time caught a case of the, I forgot how to throw strikes. Um, and it just kind of spiraled. So like Brock Burke, I think we'll figure it out. Hernandez, Leclerc, all those guys I think can perform in the back end of a pen, but just when they're all not working at the same time, it just really exacerbates everything. Yeah. And, and what I mentioned before is like, it's not saying it's easy, easy, but it's easier to add bullpen help. At the deadline, it's easier to pluck bullpen help out of other places, whether it be a waiver claim that you make one tweak with, whether it be a failed starter that you just turn into a reliever for the rest of the year, whether it be, you know, a guy from AAA who just figures something out, you know, as a starter and you call him up as a reliever, you know, and guys stuff plays up in the bullpen. So if they're starters who are pitching pretty well in AAA, they could be a reliever that pitches well in the big leagues. If that's what you need late in the season and teams are always just, you know, those rental relievers out there on bad teams, like, you know, the A's and the Rockies and all these teams are going to well, be selling I mean, off all the A's guys. don't have anybody that you would want. to. That's play fair. That's, <laughs> I guess Trevor May was the one guy they thought would be that. And, and he's just caught mm-hmm. a case of the A's and he's been bad too. Ugh, um, but A's. for the Rockies, you know, they've got a couple of guys that like, Hey, you know, that, that guy could help our team. And like, you know, teams like the nationals, like, Hey, that guy could help our well, team. Funny enough. You, you mentioned those NL teams. And I think as of today, assuming that the standings hold where they are. I think the the last place team in the NL is the Cubs and they're four and a half games out of that last wild card. So like, yeah, nobody in the NL is that good or that bad. I mean, the Cardinals had like a historically bad start, but like, and it's funny you mentioned Cole Reagans. He was literally the story and you're mentioning guys who were, you know, pretty good starters in triple a and turning them into bullpen guys. Well, Cole Reagans was a guy who was the Rangers first round pick back in, I believe 2018, 
when they drafted him, he got a lot of comparisons to Cole Hamels because the Rangers had Cole Hamels and he was a lefty. He was and tall and he, and he threw a good changeup. Like that was, that was the whole thing, but he had two Tommy John surgeries. Like the, the second one he got literally the first time he got back on the mound. And so it was the longest time before he even was pitching. I mean, he was 25 basically before he had a full season where he was starting. And so this year he came into camp. He was not a guy who had a lot of, you know, elite velocity and he came into camp. He worked on some things on his body and he was the story of camp because he started throwing 98 out of nowhere. And it was like, wait, what you didn't used to do that and so the fastball had a lot of spin on it so then you add that velocity on it's like oh okay this is this is a real deal and had the rangers not bought an entirely new rotation i think that cole reagan's probably would have been somewhere in this starting rotation but you know they bought you know five new starters and dane dunning was also really good as well so they threw him into the pen they don't really know exactly where to use him i i think that maybe they should either let him just go out and be that one inning guy because we saw him throwing 98 and really effective and then when he came out for the second inning he was like okay not quite as effective so he's still learning how to pitch as a reliever or maybe they send him back down to triple a and just keep him as a starter but Rangers don't really need starting help. They just yeah. need somebody in their bullpen to throw gas and yeah. Cole Reagan's can do that. And and they'll find it. And that's why I think also like, because it's a little easier to find, I think who has the bigger need, I think is the Orioles for starting pitching too. And the, and the interesting thing about the O's coming in and, and you mentioned Grayson Rodriguez is remember Rodriguez didn't even make the Orioles opening date roster. And there was a little bit of service time going on. I mean, he wasn't great in spring training, but he was probably one of the five most talented pitchers. And then Kyle Bradish in that first game in Texas takes that line drive off his foot, has to leave the game. The Orioles' five starter, Tyler Wells, says, I'll pitch in relief and throws five hitless innings in relief against the Rangers. And so they needed a starter. And of course, who was the next option? But Grayson Rodriguez, you couldn't hold him down after that because then everyone's like, okay, you are obviously manipulating service time if you're not calling him up now when you absolutely need someone. He makes his major league debut against the Rangers and he sticks, unfortunately, until now when he's bookended by a start against the Rangers that went uh, much more poorly. But the funny thing is the O's came into camp and their big thing in camp was we have 12 starters competing for five spots. Now, they said that Kyle Gibson was going to have a spot no matter what. They paid him $10 million. They haven't paid anybody else that. And they said Cole Irvin was going to have a spot because they traded for Irvin from the athletics. They gave up a real prospect. Well, there's a lot of issues with what's going on now because the whole Orioles thing was like, hey, we have two or three starters who are legitimate big league guys going to be in this rotation. And then we have a whole handful more who at any time could be a number four or five starter in a big league rotation. They're like, our AAA rotation is going to be awesome. Not that it has a bunch of studs, but it has so many guys who have the talent to be a four or five in the big leagues right now. And anytime we have an injury or a guy pitching poorly, boom, we call him up and it's that simple. Unfortunately, it has not been that simple because a Cole Irvin was horrendous in three starts, got sent to AAA and has only come back to pitch in relief when they needed an arm for long relief for a week. So here's the issue. The O's need to fill Grayson's spot for now, right? And you would think, oh, they have all these guys in AAA, so this should be easy. Well, here's the options they had. Drew Rahm, one of their better pitching prospects, came up this year for a couple days just because they needed a bullpen arm, never pitched, went back down. He gave up seven runs in two innings, his last AAA start. Probably not the time you're calling him up to make his first big league start. Next guy, Spencer Watkins, been pretty serviceable the last two years for the Orioles in the rotation. Got a cut on his hand, missed a month, and has not been built back up yet because he's only made two starts coming back in AAA. He's only gone like two or three innings. He's out of there. D.L. Hall, Orioles' current top pitching prospect, throws 99 from the left side, has pitched in the big leagues a little bit, has made a couple starts in the big leagues. 
The Orioles are doing what they're calling deloading for him right now. Oh, oh, you which, can't say you can't say that the Rangers had a case of the deload. For, which actually, Cole Reagans is one of the recipients. The Rangers had, had so many injuries with this their is good to know prospects. that someone else does this though, Bryce. Uh-huh. No, the, no, no, like, they did it, and they it went terrible. Everybody got Tommy. Everybody except for Cole Wynn got Tommy John. Like oh, literally boy. all of them. And Cole so Wynn has, has now got what seems like a case of the yips. So like. Yeah. That's that's really triggering for Ranger fans. Paul had a slight back injury in spring training. It wasn't anything serious, but he just had to basically delay his start to spring training by like three weeks. And he was a good reliever last year, but the O's still believe he can be a starter, which is fine. His stuff's great. He has length. I still want him to be a starter. So they said, we still need to build him up. He's just not going to be ready by opening day. And everyone said, you know what? Fine. Go to AAA for a month. Build fully up. Be ready for the big leagues. Well, they got to the point where his velocity was only 93, 94. And he's been a guy who sat 97, 98 in his career. And the O said, we think because his back injury, he wasn't able to lift weights a lot this spring. And they said, that's why he's not throwing hard enough. So we're going to deload him to three innings a start so he can spend more of his strength in the weight room during the week. And it's like the biggest galaxy brain thing that's ever happened. Like it's the meme of me sitting in the brain chair where the brain is going all the way back down and turning into a chair. That's the Orioles right now with Deal Hall. So when he's deloading, he's not replacing Grayson Rodriguez. And Cole Irvin, who I mentioned, would be the easy replacement. Like, yeah, it was bad, but he's a veteran starter. He hasn't been down in the minors for long enough per the new CBA rules to be called back up because there's not an injury because they called him up last week to pitch in one game and throw seven pitches because their bullpen was getting tired. So what the O's are going to do is Austin Voth, who you saw in relief of Grayson Rodriguez on Friday night, and actually saved the bullpen pretty well. He threw four innings. He's going to be the guy for now. Now, he was a starter last year and was okay, but like he's the guy. So the O's went from we have 12 starters and anyone can be replaced anytime we'll be fine to we have no one in AAA we can go to when Grayson Rodriguez has maybe these struggles for a rookie or a little more than other guys have, but is having his rookie struggles. So all of that is to say, Bryce... The Orioles need the help more in the starting rotation right now. Now, I do believe that a month from now, Grayson will have it figured out. He'll be back in the big leagues and he'll be good. But right now, I'm a little worried. Yeah, I will. I will. I will clarify. The Rangers' deload program is something they did with their draft picks. As soon as they drafted them, these guys, these pitchers out of high school, they would take a year off and mm-hmm. they would just study and work on their body and not pitch at all. And it that that did not go well. But at that point, I honestly I didn't blame them for trying, like because they were at the point where I was like, "This is just insane. We we got to do something." Um, you know, one of the guys who they had that didn't work out is as a guy named uh, Dylan Tate, who is oh, uh, never uh-huh, heard of him. Yeah, picked fourth overall in a draft that had uh, Andrew Benintendi and other uh, well, plenty of other big leaguers. It was the year that the Rangers out of nowhere became terrible because everybody was hurt, and that mm. was the same draft where the Rangers would have drafted Alex Bregman one one. They had the worst record in all of baseball. Fire er, Ron Washington resigned. And in the last month of the season, the Rangers had an interim manager who gave the Rangers a 500 record at the end of the season for no reason. And so instead of picking first overall and getting Bregman, they fell to fourth. They picked Dylan Tate, who they traded away a year later for half a season of mediocre Carlos Beltran. Yeah. So, well, you might have noticed you didn't see Dylan Tate. Um, I, I did notice. I had heard Dylan Tate he had been uh, having some struggles. Yes. So he had an elbow and a forearm injury. He was supposed to be back in mid-May. He made 10 rehab appearances. He had a 14 ERA in the minors. The Orioles said, you're still injured. Put him back on the IL. Said he had a stress fracture. I have no inside information, but I think he's getting Tommy John here pretty soon. Um, but anyway, we've talked a lot about each other's teams, but I guess that's how we want to finish this out is talk about like 
who impressed you? Now, I know you said you're still impressed by Grayson Rodriguez, even though he gave up nine runs in three and a third innings. But I would say let's break this into two categories. Who's the guy on the other team who's like, yeah, he's probably a legitimate good player, but it's like if I could snatch one player from the other team to put on my team, I'm going to take this guy. And then the number two thing is who's a guy where, yeah, he's not a star, but like I didn't really know much about this guy until this series, and he really impressed me. Well, I know it feels like cheating, and it it, it it's kind of a an obvious answer, but I, I want to I want to steal out of the Rutschman. <laughs> yeah, everyone does. Yeah, I mean the and Rangers, Rangers even have Heim. probably the number two All Star like, catcher right Jonah now. Jonah Heim's been incredible this year. Yeah. I mean, the month of May has not been as kind to him. He was honestly better than Rutschman in April, but like May, he's really come back down to earth. He took a couple of days off. That's why he didn't play in the Friday game. He had been kind of running to the ground. The Rangers haven't had Mitch Garver to kind of spell him for more days. And thankfully, the last couple of games, he looked much better. But, like, I mean, how can you not say Adley Rutschman? The guy's 25 years old with an on-base near 400, a switch-hitting catcher with power who's elite defense. It's just, like, it's so obvious. But but one guy who who I, I was really impressed with that I didn't know much about and the more I looked into and the more I saw him in the series, Austin Hayes, really, really good player that I think is is a really underrated part of why this lineup was so good. I thought, like, who's this Hayes guy? He's so high in the lineup, and they've got so many good hitters. I'm like, oh. Oh, that's why. That's why this guy is is way up there. So, and Adam Frazier, I mean, he's been like the bane of the existence of the last two teams that he was on. But this year he's doing well, and he's he's doing better than than uh, another former Ranger to Oriole Pipeline, Rubenito Door. So it's an upgrade for Baltimore. Yeah. And you know, if you can get some production out of second base, the Rangers have definitely um, enjoyed some production out of their second baseman this year. Um, but yeah, I think Adam Frazier is the one who got a lot of hate that I really like, but. Rutschman and, and Hayes, both fantastic players. Yeah, Hayes, six for 11 this weekend, now hitting 322 on the year. And he's played like almost every day. He's missed a little bit of time with injury, but generally he's been in there almost every day and hitting 322, which is like the quietest 322 in baseball right now. I would say the easiest choice would be guys who didn't play this weekend. Like I would like Jacob deGrom and I would like Nathan Eovaldi, but neither of them pitched. So I'm going to stay with the exercise. And at that point, I'm actually going to go away from a pitcher. I just want Corey Seager on my baseball team <laughs> at all times. He's yep. just so scary. And the fact that he's hitting, and I get it, he missed like almost a month, so it's small sample size. Over the fact a month. that he's hitting almost 400 against lefties so far this year and then still mashing righties, and I get it, right? He's not like an elite defensive shortstop. He's fine. But he can still play there. And the fact that Jorge Mateo just had the worst month almost in baseball history in May if you replace him with Corey Seager, maybe the Orioles do have a better record than the Rays right now. Like, it seems impossible, but the O's have the second-best record in baseball. Maybe they're first with Corey Seager. I want that guy so bad on my baseball team. Man, he's really good. I mean, um, it's funny because all of, like, it, it's, like, last year's numbers weren't that great, but, like, you look at the expected stuff, and just, like, every single at-bat, it's just, like, oh, everything's a line drive. Oh, that's yeah. 105 miles an hour at the bat. Oh, he's a fun, yeah, 105 he miles an hour at the bat. And it just, like, happens to find gloves sometimes, but sometimes it lands you know, in center field for a grand slam. Yeah. He's, he's crushing the ball. I would say I'll go to, I'll go an in-between answer. This is a guy who I was kind of impressed with, but also would like the O's to have. And I actually already mentioned him. I think what the Orioles pitcher development and player development could do with Cole Reagans right now would be so interesting. Like I get that he looked dominant that first inning and then he probably just shouldn't have pitched that eighth inning on Sunday, but with the stuff he has and the fact that he could still be a starter, he's just like 
better command DL Hall right now. And if the Orioles could have better command DL well, Hall, he doesn't have that great a command. I'll, I'll tell you that he's got, well, like, got a bit of a walk problem. There's a reason he's in the big leagues and DL Hall is not right now. So <laughs> he's a little bit of better command DL Hall. And I just would like to see what they could do with him. But the guy who I knew was good, but hadn't actually watched this year and was really impressed. Like I remember watching Josh Young in college, right? Like dominated the college world series, like great college player, Rackham. Texas tech Raider. Like he had a great college career. His brother's good too. But I hadn't realized that the rookie year had been going so well. And I'd been focused on the fact that Gunnar Henderson, who was the rookie of the year favorite, just has gotten off to such a slow start. And finally, the last two weeks, he's looking like the regular Gunnar Henderson. But for six weeks, he was just not good. And I had kind of like blocked out all the other rookies because I didn't want to realize that, hey, Gunnar's probably not winning rookie of the year. Like he could still win it, but he's put himself in such a hole for that award right now. Young has been incredible. The fact that he's got 11 bombs right now and like the hit that he had, which was called a triple on Friday night, which was the dumbest triple I've ever seen. That was a double. And then Anthony Santander forgetting how to use his hands for five minutes and Young getting to third, like to just get a 99 mile per hour fastball from Grayson Rodriguez and just slice it down the right field line for extra bases. He showed power. He should have had another homer except for Cedric Mullins play center field for the Orioles. Yep. He is a fun hitter to watch, and he's only going to get better. Like, that's the other thing with Young. They've got, I mean, speaking of Young's at third base for the Rangers, like, I'm sure this comes up on your podcast, but like, I feel like they've got another Young spelled differently locked down at third base for 10 plus years right now in Texas. Like, that's how impressed I am with Jace Young. And you mean Josh? I would also, with Josh Young. <laughs> Jace Young's Young. going to be really good too. Jace Young's really good too. But with Josh Young, yes. Like, I would like him on my baseball team too, but that's a guy I just, I knew he was in the bigs and I knew he was starting every day. I just hadn't realized how good he'd been. Yeah. I mean, he is an older rookie. I mean, he, he should have been in the big leagues two years ago, but he had a uh, different injury. He broke his foot in spring training a couple years ago. And then last year in spring training, he had a shoulder injury that kept him out. It was supposed to keep him out the entire year. He ended up making his big league debut towards the end of the season. Um, and, you know, had some mis mixed success, got a home run in his first plate appearance, which was great. And I, I do give one, want to give one last shout out. Cause I don't think we've mentioned him at all. But Cody Bradford, who came up for Dane Dunning, who was on the paternity list, had his first kid this weekend. Congratulations to the Dunning family. Bradford, his last, his first start in the big leagues was, Hey, here you go. Welcome to the big leagues. Here's the Braves. You're a sacrificial lamb to give our starters a day off um, or an extra day of pushback after 13 games, 13 days. Comes up today, kind of last minute Sunday, five innings. And the first inning was a real struggle for him. Only allowed two runs, but goes four shutout innings after that. Really kind of locked it down and kept the Rangers in it, which is all you can ask for your starters. So shout out to the Alito and Baylor kid, the local boy, the lefty. Much better second start in the big leagues than the first one. But this has been an absolute blast. Thank you for joining me, Connor. Thank you for those who listen to Locked On Rangers, Locked On Orioles. Go check out Connor. Follow him on Twitter at Connor Newcomb underscore. You can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow Locked On Rangers at Locked On Rangers and Locked On Orioles at Locked On Orioles. No underscores, no nothing. No funny business. Go check them out on YouTube. Subscribe there to both the shows. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy some good old baseball.